Well, today we are at um, part 456 of Masterclass. Uh, I'm joking, it's not that many, but at the beginning of the year, we, uh, we jumped into this series just about the Sermon on the Mountain and how we can learn and grow from Christ through what he said during, uh, during this time that he taught the Sermon on the Mount. And today, we're just talking a little bit about our treasure. Uh, we're talking a little bit about how we view our treasure. We're going to talk about how we can be more generous with not just our, our money, but also our time and our talents. And today, I really believe this, that, that if you hear nothing else today, hear this, that, that how we view our treasure, our treasure, it is, a, it is a mirror that reflects our true heart. I'll say that again in a few minutes, but the, the main thing today is, is how we view our treasure, and what we treasure is a mirror that reflects our true heart. And as we turn the page into Matthew chapter 6, uh, it starts out a little heavy. Is that all right, guys? Oh man, it's going to be a long Sunday morning. All right, it it starts out a little heavy, but I believe that we can all gain something from God and His Word today. Let's read in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and then we're going to skip down to verses 19 and read 19 through 24. It says this it says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And then skipping down to verse 19, says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures. Everybody say treasures. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures. Say it again. Say it loud. Say treasures. Lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word today. Your word is what changes us. Your word is what challenges us. Your word is what draws the best out of us. So today we submit to your word, and we just pray that your word would speak to our hearts here at chapel today. In Jesus' name, everybody says... Amen. So like I said, chapter 6 starts out a little heavy. Jesus is speaking to the people there that day about about their treasure, about their giving. And how many of you know, anytime you start talking to somebody about their money, it can get a little sticky. It can get a little tense because, you know, that's something we hold close to our hearts. That's something we hold dear to. So Jesus is talking here about treasure. He's encouraging the people not to lay up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, but to lay up treasure in heaven. And then he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He also, at the beginning of chapter 6, is is talking about how we give and when we give, the posture of our heart and how the posture of our heart should be when we 
we give. And the reason he's mentioning this to the people that are watching him that day on the Sermon on the Mount is because the example they had had on how to give was the worst example in the world. The religious people of that day would give, and that was the example that the people of the day had. And when the religious people would give, they would give and they would make a big deal out of it. Actually, they would make such a big deal out of it. Some of the biblical scholars believe, and Jesus, he, he says this in this teaching, some of the biblical scholars believe that religious people of that day, when they were getting ready to give alms, when they were getting ready to give gifts to the poor and the needy, they would come out of the tabernacle and they would have trumpeteers playing in front of them to sound the alarm that they were about to give to the needy and the hurting and the poor. And Jesus says, listen, that is not the right way to do it. Jesus is speaking here to the very core of the religious people in that day. And he's saying, listen, you may be giving to the poor. You may be doing something that you think is great, but when you're doing it the way you're doing it, you're getting your reward on earth. And you want to get your reward in heaven. Do it in secret. Hold it close to your chest. Don't make a big deal out of it. Make sure that your heart is right. And that's really the main point today is your heart. Jesus is speaking to our heart here in this message, in this time of the Sermon on the Mount, in these scriptures. He's saying, listen, your heart is what matters most. And the religious people of that day were giving in a way that looked good to everybody else. Everybody knew that they were giving. Everybody knew what they were doing. But Jesus saw straight through that, and he saw their heart. And he said, your heart, though, is corrupt. Your heart and the way you're doing this is completely wrong. Give in a way that it doesn't matter about what you, it doesn't matter about you getting the fame. It doesn't matter about you getting the attention. Give in a way so that Jesus gets all of the focus and the attention. When we, what we treasure is a mirror that truly reflects our heart. Amen, chapel? Amen. What we treasure is a mirror that reflects our heart. And our heart, when we can get our heart in the right place, our treasure can become right and pure. When we get our heart in the right place, we can move forward in a proper way with our relationship with God and with the way we view our treasure. So when it comes to our heart, Jesus was saying the people, the, the religious people that day, their hearts were, were, were broken. Their hearts were manipulated by the wrong things. And, and it's so important because if we're not careful... Our hearts can too. And if we're not careful, the way we give and the way we do and the way we view our treasure can be broken too. And our hearts can be corrupt too. And Jesus is speaking here because he wants you to know it's important that your heart is in the right place. There's this spiritual principle. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's tied together. There's no way you can get around it. It's, it's, like, it's like peanut butter and jelly, all right? It's like Kermit and Miss Froggy, all right? It's like Michael Jackson and Moonwalk. You guys need any other bad pastor examples? Like, it, it, is, it is closely connected. There's no way you can get your treasure to be separated from your heart. There's just no way you can do it. Your treasure and your heart are connected. There's no way to get away from it. It is a spiritual principle. It's a spiritual law where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God cares about your heart. Everybody say heart. God cares about your heart. He cares about the way you give and your heart and the posture of your heart when you give. Proverbs 4.23. This is a verse a lot of us know, right? What does it say in Proverbs 4, 23? It says, above all else, guard your heart. 
for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. When we, when we look in the scripture at 1 Samuel 16, Samuel's coming to anoint the next king. And what does God say to Samuel in this moment? It's telling, it's important. And I think it's applicable to where we are today. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, but man, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God sees your heart. What we treasure is a reflection, is a mirror of our true heart. And this morning, we may be talking about treasure. We, this morning, you may hear the word treasure a lot, but at the core of this teaching on treasure is understanding that our heart needs to be in the right place. Our heart needs to be focused on God. Our heart needs to be focused on him and what he wants to do in us as it relates to our treasure. So, so what is Jesus communicating in these few verses? We're gonna break it down. And then we're going to talk about some action points. What is he communicating in these few verses? Let's look at the, the first part of this. Verses 1 through 4 in chapter 6. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will, for they will, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The first thing I think Jesus is wanting to communicate to the people hearing him that day is this. God's blessing in your life is not for you to flex. It's for you to funnel. God's blessing in your life is not for you to brag about. God's blessing in your life is for you to funnel. Listen, I, I believe that everything we've been given is a gift from God. Amen? Everything we've been given is a gift from him. We are to make sure that we take what God has blessed us with and we funnel it to the people that are around us. We are only stewards of what God has given us for a short season. And we need to choose to be intentional about being a funnel for the blessings and the favor that God has placed on our lives. I think one of the worst things that could happen is, is for me to get to heaven and to stand in front of Jesus, to stand in front of God the Father, and him to say, listen, Anthony, you did great. You relied on me. You trusted in me. You put your faith in me. I blessed you, but you didn't allow those blessings to flow through you. You stunted those blessings, and they ended at your life, and you never were able to give those blessings to other people and see the abundance that I had to be able to work through you in other people's lives. I don't want to hear that. I want to allow my life to be a funnel. I don't want it to stop with me. And I think for our lives here today, God has blessed you in so many different ways. I don't care what your bank account says. I want you to know we're selling, celebrating the 4th of July this weekend. Listen, just to be in this country, what a blessing. Amen, chapel? God has blessed us. And he says, listen, don't, don't flex on that blessing. Don't brag about it. 
but allow your life to be a funnel for those blessings to continuously flow through you into other people's lives. See, I, I really, really believe this. I believe that so many of us, we are waiting for God to bless us, and God looks and he says that he has already blessed us, and he's waiting for, for us to take the first step. And when we take that first step, he will continue to flow his favor and his blessing through us. I know it can be scary. I know that it can be difficult to trust him sometimes, to let go of some things. But when we trust him and we allow our lives to be a funnel of the blessing that he's given us, he can only then trust us with more blessings to funnel the others around us. Amen, chapel? So Proverbs 11.24 says, says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Yet another withholds what he should give and only suffers one. One gives freely. This is backwards from, from the world system, right? The world says it's your money, keep it. Spend it on what you want to spend it on. Take the blessings you have and use it for yourself. But Proverbs says there's some people in this world that they, they see it differently. They have a different perspective, and they hold loosely to the blessings that God's given. What are they, what are they doing? They're being a funnel for God's blessing and favor. And what does Proverbs say? It says that they get more. They, go all, they grow all the richer. Yet another withholds what he should give and only suffers one, the worldly view is that we're the owners. The worldly view is that it is mine, and I'm going to do what I want to do to it. But the kingdom view is that it is not mine, it is his. See, we, we see this with our kids, right? I, just a few weeks ago, uh, I, I have two boys, and one of my boys, uh, his first name starts with a K, it ends with a Knox, all right? So he, um, he came to me, and he said, he'd gotten some trouble, and he said, Dad, can I have my iPad? <laughs> I said, come here, boy. Let's talk. Sit down. Sit down. It's going to take a while. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Let's talk. Uh, excuse me. First of all, it is not your iPad. Anything you have, son. Are you listening to me? Let me see your eyeballs. Anything you have is a gift from me and your mama. Everything you have, the, the beds you sleep in at night, guess what? That's mine. <laughs> That's your mama's. The iPad that you want so bad, guess what? Mine. Me and your mom, we, we own that. That's ours. Listen, the, the roof over your head, that, that's mine. That's it. You being able to get to school and not have to walk to school. You being able to eat all the food in this house that you're eating this summer. Anybody's grocery bill go up when the kids come home for the summer? Like You being able to do that, like guess what? That is all mine. I am only being very, very generous in you. For, uh, very, very generous to let you use it for a short period of time. Now, Ask nicely next time and get out of here. I'm keeping your iPad. <laughs> but isn't it the same way with our Heavenly Father? We throw our own little temper tantrums sometimes, don't we? God, can I have my fill in the blank? This morning, Chapel, he owns it all. It's all his. It's all a gift from the king. It's all a gift from the Lord of lords. Listen, whether we are living in want or whether we are living in great blessing, it is all a gift from the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It is a gift. That car you're going to get in and go get you some lunch today is a gift. That money you have in your purse, in your pocket right now, guess what? It is a 
gift. That breath you just breathed, guess what? It is a gift. And when we approach our treasure as only a gift for a season, we have the right perspective. We have the right heart. God wants you to be a funnel for his blessing. Don't let it stop with you. Allow his blessing to flow through you. Don't flex. Don't brag about it. Give. Give and don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Give in a way so that you'll get your reward in heaven and not on this earth. You know, we want to say it's mine. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says, Beware, least in your heart you would say, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Amen, chapel? It's not me. It's he. It's not what I'm doing. It's what he's done in and through me. I love this quote by Billy Graham. He said, God has given us two hands, one to receive with and one to give with. God has given us two hands, one to receive and the other to give. So what's the posture of your heart when you give? Don't flex. It's a funnel. Allow God to use you as a funnel. There's a quote by A.W. Tozer. I don't have it on the screen, but it's rocked my world this weekend as I've just studied and continue to study for this message. He says, before the judgment seat of Christ, my service will not be judged by how much I have done, but by how much of me there is in it. Hmm. Hmm, I'm going to say it again just because I need to hear it. A.W. Tozer, before the judgment seat of Christ, my service will not be judged by how much I have done, but by how much of me there is in it. God, take me out. Take me out and let my life be filled with you and only you. So let's go on. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus mentions treasure three times in these few verses. He talks about how we can have treasure on the earth. He talks about how we can have treasure in heaven. And then he mentions treasure in the most important way and in the most important context. He says, where is your treasure? We can have treasure on the earth. We can have treasure in heaven. Where is your treasure? Now, let me make a balancing statement real quick. I don't think it's wrong to have treasure. We live in a world that functions and, and uses money for us to be able to do the things we need to do. But I think there's a shift in our hearts sometimes when we focus too much on the treasures of this earth and not enough on the treasures that we can lay up in heaven. Amen, chapel? There's this shift, and, and only you and God know where you're at in this shift. There's this shift where, where, yes, we do need, and there's this tension. Yes, we do need treasure on earth, but Jesus says the most important treasure is laying up treasure in heaven. Make sure that you've laid up treasure in heaven. And then he just presents the question. He just says, hey, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You've got to make sure that your treasure is in the right place. So many of us, we get so focused on our treasure treasure on earth that we forget to put treasure and store up treasure in heaven. I love this quote by Bob Goff. He says, the world pushes us to get more money, but Jesus taught us that the more money we have, the harder it is to look like him. 
Jesus, you know, the world pushes it but more and more and more. You need more money. You need, to, you need to make more. You need to get more. You need to, 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 to do more. You need to work longer, get more money. But Jesus is very clear in his teaching. He says, hey, the more money you have, the harder it is to look like me. Let's just be honest. Most of us, we don't need more money. We just need a transformed heart. We don't need more money. We need a transformed heart so that we can have a healthy approach to our treasure. And, and treasure, I mentioned it earlier, treasure is not just finances. That's a part of it. But I think it's also our time and our talent. Our time, our talent, and our resources. Our time, our talent, and our resources. So, so treasure is, is a combination of those things, and, and we got to get them all right. I think some of us, I'll just use the Dream Center as an example. Uh, Pastor Jimmy's here this morning. We love what's happening at our Dream Center. Some of us are, are really, maybe really good at donating financially to the Dream Center. That is amazing. We need that. That is part of your treasure. But you can't remember the last time you actually went over there and volunteered and gave your time. You see how it's a combination of it all? Some of you, you're really good. Like you have given your time to our Dream Center. You go and you volunteer regularly and you make it a priority. I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my talents to this amazing ministry that we have right here in the Shoals. But you haven't connected your treasure to it recently. And, and God sees the, the entire landscape. He doesn't just want you to give in your finances. He wants you to give also in your time. He wants you to give also in your talent. How is he gifted you in those areas. And he sees the stretch in every single one of those. He sees the stretch. Because it's, it's not the amount. Remember, God doesn't, doesn't look at us the way man looks at us. He, man looks at the outside. God sees our heart, and he sees the stretch that it takes for us to give what we give in regards to our time, our talent, and our treasure, our money. And God, God wants you to understand it's not about the amount of time, necessarily. It's not about the amount of money. It's not about the amount of time you give your talent to him. It's the amount of stretch. And we see this in, in Mark. We see it in a story in Mark chapter 12. Let's, let's look real quick. In Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, it's the story of the widow's offering. It says, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums of money. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which made a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had and all that she had to live on. This, this scripture has, has challenged me over the last few weeks. And it's challenged me because God sees the stretch. Biblical scholars believe that, that in the temple in that day, that the religious people had created a minimum that you could give in the temple. How crazy is that? Like, we don't want your money unless you can give us this amount. That's what they had set up. That was the rule that was in place. And this widow comes in with two small coins, which was the minimum she could have given in the temple that day. She takes the two small coins, which was a stretch for her. 
She takes them to the offering and she drops them in and Jesus's eyes light up and he goes wild and he tells his disciples, this woman gave more than anybody else gave this day. Not because we see how much she gave, but because God sees the stretch. He's seen the heart that she gave it with. It's about the stretch. The amount doesn't matter. It's about the stretch. It's like I have two balloons here. And I can put the same amount of air in each balloon. But for one, it's going to be a great stretch. And for the other, it's hardly going to look like there's any, any air in it all. So I'm going to try this. I don't know if you need to leave my mic on or not. We'll try it. Here we go. All right. There's a little bit of a stretch there. A little bit more stretch. Now, let's, let's put about the same amount of air in this balloon. Let's go. So, the stretch. God sees the stretch. What is an equal amount of air is not an equal amount of stretch. When you give, chapel, let me encourage you. Do your best not to give and see the way the world sees. See the stretch. How is God stretching you? Some of us, we feel really, really good because we give what the world would say is a big number. But God doesn't see the number. He sees the stretch. And the stretch, it's not really there. But maybe that same number for somebody else, whew, it's a stretch. That's hard. That's difficult. God sees the stretch. Don't compare your offering with the, the neighbor sitting beside you this morning. Don't compare what you give and your time and your talent and your treasure with the person that's sitting beside you on the pew today. God doesn't look at it that way. He sees the stretch. How is it stretching you in your faith? I pray, man, that's, that was great. That was wonderful. Okay, I pray that as you choose to put God first, and give your treasure, that it is the same stretch for us, but it will never be the same amount for each person. God sees the stretch. We have to trust God to stretch us and grow our faith. Do you trust God to stretch your faith by trusting him with your treasure? When our heart is in the right place, when our heart is focused on him, we can trust him with whatever the stretch it is that he's asking us to do. And then the next thing is Matthew 6, 22 through 23. I really struggle with these few verses. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Anybody else besides me think that doesn't fit right there? Can we just change those few verses? Can we put those somewhere else where Jesus is talking about lamps and eyes? Like this is in the middle of a teaching on alms and treasure and giving. The eye is the lamp of the body. I, Matthew, I think you messed up. I think that that's the wrong spot for this. But I really don't think it's the wrong spot because what is Jesus trying to convey here through this message? I think he's wanting to say this. How we view the world has a profound effect on our influence in the world. How we view the world has a profound effect on our influence in the world. When our spiritual eyes are clouded with greed and selfishness, our hearts are full of darkness. 
But when our spiritual eyes are full of gratitude and gratefulness and generosity, our hearts are full of the light of Christ. How we view the world has a profound effect on our influence in the world. And I'll just say this. I know what some of you guys are thinking. Anthony, I'm not rich. I don't have a lot of money. I'm not able to, to do the things you're talking about. Even with my time, even with my talents, I'm, I'm, I'm stretched in a lot of different ways. I don't really get how I can help here. But let me just encourage you and let you know this morning, you are richer than you really even know you are. So today, like somewhere around one billion people will not have clean, healthy drinking water to drink. And you know know what those people would say to us when they see us go to the tap, open up the faucet, and get us a drink? I think they would look at us and say, man, you're rich. You're rich. Somewhere somewhere in the, the neighborhood of of 92% of the people in the world, they don't own a vehicle. How did you get here today? If you didn't walk to church today, if you have a vehicle that got you here, you're in the top 8% of people in the world that are the richest people in the world. Somewhere around like, like do, you, do, do you have food to eat? Do you have food to eat? Like are you, a lot of us, we've already ate today and we're already excited. You're ready for me to be quiet so you can go eat in a few minutes. Have you ate? Have you ate food today? Somewhere around 800 million people will not eat today. And 300 million of them are children. We are rich. We are so rich. We are so rich Every few seconds, someone dies of of hunger in the world. Around one billion people in the world, listen to this, it blows my mind. Around one billion people in the world live on less than one dollar a day. We support Chapel Haiti, have an amazing campus there. The people that live in the rural areas of Haiti, they work hard every day and in one month their average wage is $39. We are so rich. Let's let's bring it home even to us here in the Shoals. The the newest numbers say that people living below the poverty line in the Shoals area, there it's 20%, right at 20% of people in the Shoals are living at or below the poverty line in the Shoals area. That's one out of every five person you pass in Walmart when you're getting your groceries are living at or below the poverty line. See, it's a, this, this is important, it is a dangerous thing to think that our world is the world. It's dangerous. How we view the world has a profound effect 
on how we impact the world. And we have to realize that it is important for us to understand that we have been blessed and we are to use, we have been mandated from heaven to use that blessing to make an impact in other people's lives through our treasure, our money, our time, and our talents. We are blessed. We want to be a funnel. We want to realize that our world is not the world. See, for for the rest of the world, we are the commercial, right? Like for us, we look around us and we think, man, I, I, I just, what I have is not good enough. We get caught up in our world. We look, man, I need, a, I need a bigger this, or I need a new that, or I need a, a new that. I need to go here. I need to, to do that. I need to, 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 to work on getting more, 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 more. But for the rest of the world, our lives are the commercial. They look at us and they say, man, must be nice. It, it said that for, for us to be able to provide basic care for everyone in the world, clean water, basic medical costs, health and nutrition, it would cost about $20 billion, which sounds like a big number, but it's the amount of money Americans spend on ice cream in one year. We are so rich. And it's time for us to have a fresh approach to our treasure here in America. Amen, Chapel? How we view the world has a profound effect on how we can impact the world. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, says, as for the rich in this present age, I used to think that was like other people besides me. <laughs> but now I realize how rich I truly am. As for the rich in this present age, charge them to, not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future treasure in heaven so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. We've been charged to understand it's a responsibility that God's placed on us to be generous with our treasure. For Jesus, the goal was never about getting more stuff. The answer for us is not making money. It's making sure that we have a heart that is truly transformed. Let's move on. Last one is this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one, say no one. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And, you know, I don't have just a whole lot to say there. I think Jesus lays it out pretty bluntly. You can't serve God and money. But there is a story in in Matthew chapter 19 that I think flows right along in that same vein. It says, And behold, A man came to him, Jesus, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this rich young man says, Hey, all these I've kept. What else do I still need to do? What else do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. 
Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Can you, can you, can you imagine being in that moment with Jesus and his disciples? Can you imagine being there, and, and this, this isn't a parable that Jesus told. This is an actual real story. This really happened. This young man who had a lot of wealth, he came and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I, I'm willing to do whatever I got to do. I've been doing all these things. Jesus mentions a few things. I think Jesus knew how this story was going to end. He was just being nice to the young guy. So he says, hey, you know, honor your father and mother. You know, honor the Lord your God. Do the right things. Don't steal. Don't murder. Do all those things. And, and the young man says, hey, I've done that. He's thinking that he's in good shape, right? And Jesus said, okay, take all you have, sell it, give the poor. Then you will have treasure in, what did he say? Heaven. And then come follow me. And I I can imagine that young man that day kind of bowing his head and walking away because money was his God more than God being his God. And today I just want to encourage you. God has great Opportunities. He has placed great opportunities in your life to be a blessing and a funnel to other people that you brush shoulders with every single day. Don't neglect those opportunities. Take advantage of them. Don't be like this rich young ruler. Don't be selfish. See the world around you and be a catalyst in it. Amen, chapel? Be a catalyst. The narrative of our world tells us to hold on to everything we have. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You've got to let go of it all and then come and follow me. You, you can't allow money to be your God. You've got to allow God to be your God and trust him with your money. So, so just real quick, practical. We're almost done. How, how do we do this? How do we store up treasure in heaven? What's some practical ways that we can store up treasure in heaven? for us and for our families. The first thing is this, you have to ask the difficult questions. I said at the beginning, when we talk about money, it can be a little sticky because we're all in different places, but we have to ask the difficult questions. And it's hard, it's hard to come to the reality of seeing and understanding how we really spend our treasure. Not just our money, but our time and our talents as well. But we have to ask, ask the difficult questions. Let's be honest. It's easy to come to church. It's easy to read the Bible. It's easy to get a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning and enjoy everything that God is doing here at chapel. But when Jesus talked about the people that followed hard after him, he talked about the people who gave to the poor. He talked about the people who helped the needy. He talked about the people who laid their life down. It's hard to welcome the stranger in sometimes, isn't it, church? It's hard to be a person who looks after others and helps others. It's hard to give your time. It's hard to give your energy. It's hard to give your treasure. It's hard to ask the difficult questions about how we spend our treasure and what we spend our treasure on. But once we ask those difficult questions, we're moving in the right way of God transforming our heart so that we can have a healthy approach about our treasure. The best question to ask is not, what can I get? The best question to ask is, what can I give? Best question to ask is not what can I get? The best question to ask is what can I give? Next, you have to create some margin in your treasure for Christ and kingdom work. 10%. Create some margin. 
Maybe some of you, you're not there right now. Create margin in your treasure, in your money, in your time, in your talents. Create margin so that you can give your treasure to kingdom work. I believe the biblical standard is, is 10%. That's the baseline. And as we create that 10% in our, in our money and in our time and in our resources and, and, and in our talents and our giftings, God will take it and we can be a funnel and he'll bless it through us. And then next, you, you've got to choose to invest in people. Everybody say people. One more time. Say people. Let me tell you a secret. The currency of heaven is not money. It's people. Guess what? This is going to mess some of you guys up that you put your, earth, your, your treasure in earthly things. Guess what? <laughs> There's not going to be money in heaven. But you know who will be there? People. Invest in people. I believe that the enemy can get us focused so much on money that we lose sight of people. Then he's got us maybe exactly where he wants us to be because he knows the currency of the kingdom is people. We have to choose to invest in people. And for some of us, listen, I don't care what your day looks like. I don't care how it's planned out. I'm a, I'm a list guy. Anybody else there with me? I'll write things on a list that I've already done just so I can check it off, right? Like, I love it. I love mailing. I do those things. I do those things. But I don't care what's on your calendar for the day. If you aren't investing in people, then you've missed the mark. Your family, your neighbors, your friends, Went for a run last night. I was sucking wind. I thought I was going to die. And my neighbors were outside. And what did they want to do? They wanted to talk. And I'm like, hey, hey, guys. What's up? Yeah, fireworks. Yeah, Dream Center stand. Go get you some. It's going to be great. But you know what I was doing? They know what I do. And I choose to invest in people. For some of us, it's like, For some, it's like, okay, where's the catch? Where's the hook? Just tell me who to make the checkout to, and I'll be off the hook. I'm good to go. Some of you, your money, like you, you, it's not a big deal. But invest your time, your talents, and people. This isn't just some transaction that we could write a check and be done and we're off the hook. This is a lifestyle we have to live, to choose to invest in people. Be marked by generosity. I watched a video yesterday that was powerful. Um, we're about to show it to you, but this family is choosing to live a mark that is choosing to live a life that is marked by generosity. Watch this video real quick. As we prepare to celebrate our nation's birthday, we're reminded that it's a moment to reflect and appreciate just how far we've come. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. What may look like a house to you is something much more magnificent to the boy inside. What did you think when you saw this place for the first time? We said it's second heaven. Second heaven? Yes. You pass through this before you go to the big heaven. That is what I believe so. He means that literally. And why wouldn't he? Abraham and his brother James are from Sierra Leone. They were homeless before finding their way to an orphanage and eventually to their new family outside Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh. Joe and Jamie Walker adopted them last fall, and they say the boys have been wide-eyed with wonder ever since. It's fun. Every little thing that we take for granted, 
coming home from the airport and I hit the button to open our front gate. Dad! Everything is magic to them. It's magic. Whether it's a present just showing up on Christmas morning or something mundane like a car wash, the kids are constantly blown away. But the biggest surprise, the most profound reaction happened last month on Abraham's 12th birthday. You had birthdays before you came here. How did you celebrate them? That would be a crazy question. Why is that a crazy question? I never celebrate them. I never knew it was my birthday. Happy birthday! So when the song started and his mom appeared with that glowing tribute, Abraham was overwhelmed. When I see the cake, I thought that is the most beautifulest thing I've ever seen. The birthday cake. It's not just a birthday cake. It's a blessing cake. A blessing cake. And what a blessing it is <laughs> that once a year, friends and family gather just to honor our existence. Most of us take that for granted, but not in this house, not anymore. Just being reminded that we need to stop and be super grateful for what we do have. A good wish for America from this American dream come true. Steve Hartman on the road in Charlotte. <laughs> oh my gosh, a blessing cake. Um, can we choose to live lives that are marked by generosity? Can we have a different approach about our treasure? It's a gift. Oh, it's a gift. And some of us think, oh, man, you don't know my life. You don't know my story. You're right, I don't. You're rich. It's a gift. It's a blessing. Be marked by generosity. And you're not, may, you may not be able to adopt someone, all right? But you know what you might be able to do? You might be able to pay for somebody's lunch today. You might be able to take time out of your day and help a single mom and just take care of her kids one weekend so she can get a few things done around the house. It doesn't have to be money, all right? You, you, you might be able to give your time to help some people. You might be able to give your talent to help somebody. We need a healthy approach, Chapel, on how we view our treasure. We need a healthy approach on how we view our treasure. God, help us to be marked by generosity. Ask the question, what can I do to be more generous? Get creative. Think about it. Talk about it over dinner with your family while you're sitting at the table. What can we do to be more generous? How can we be marked by generosity? by the king. Allow God to stretch you a little. Remember, he sees the stretch. And then the last thing I, I just want to encourage you with today is just a practical way that we can store up treasure in heaven is we have to understand this. Our money, <laughs> oh, this is going to mess some of you guys up too. Jesus, help us. Our money doesn't impress God, but our heart can. Our money, listen, I don't, I don't think God is up in heaven saying like, man, he has got a hundred million dollars. He's really important. Like, I don't think God is up in heaven saying, man, look at that lady. She's successful in her business and she has like millions of dollars. Like that, that is an amazing, no, no, no. I think God says, I, I want to see that person's heart because our heart is what can impress God. Think about David. 
He had a lot of money. But what impressed God the most? He was a man after God's own heart. Our money doesn't impress God. But man, our heart sure can. Where's your heart today? Because what you treasure is a mirror that reflects your true heart. There's no way to hide it. Open up the checkbook. Look at your calendar. See how you spend your time. Look at, look at your resources. How do you spend your resources? Look, look at your giftings. It's not just so you can use it to, to gain a living and have a job. How can you use it to help others around you? Our money doesn't impress God, but our heart can. We need more examples of what it looks like to be rich. Amen, chapel? Not with earthly treasure, but with heavenly treasure. Don't fall in the trap of money being your master. What we treasure is a mirror that reflects our true heart. Can I pray for you today? Father, thank you for your word. And I pray that it challenges us even as we leave from here. I know it has me. The Martin family needs to do better. We need to do better. You've called us to stretch a little more because you've been good to us. God, help us to be a funnel of your blessing and not don't let it stop with us. Don't let us flex. Help us to be a funnel. To do it, don't let our left hand know what our right hand's doing. This morning, heads bowed and eyes closed. Two questions. Number one, maybe you stumbled in here on a 4th of July weekend and you don't know the Lord. Um, the Bible's so clear. It says today's the day of salvation. Today's your day. You say, Anthony, I want to give God my heart today. I want to give him my life. I want to surrender everything I am to him today. I want to make him Lord of my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? It's a big moment right here. Say, that's me. I want, I want to make him Lord. Anybody in the room, I want to make him Lord today. Anybody here? Yeah, yeah. A couple people, I see that. See it. See it. God, thank you. God, that you're drawing us to you today. God, help us to follow hard after you. If you raised your hand, stop by Connection Point. They want to they want to hear from you. Just let them know. Say, hey, I raised my hand for salvation today. They've got a special gift. We want to resource you and help you as you move forward in your journey with Jesus. And then last, if you would say, Anthony, I need to take a different approach on how I view treasure. And I need to shift some things around in my life and in our family's life. If that's you, just say, hey, that's me. I'm going to take this week and take a different approach, a healthy approach. My hand's up. There's some hands up in the building. Jesus, help us to have a healthy approach at how we view our treasure, time, talent, money. God, and thank you. God, that when we release it to you, we realize we're stewards. You can do more with it than we ever could. We love you. We bless you today in Jesus' name.